are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky Athletics. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, we are going to be diving into a topic that I think may interest some of you, may anger some of you, and may please some of you. We're going to be talking about, well, if Coach Cal were to leave, and I want to say up front here, I don't think he's going to, if he were to leave, who would be some potential coaches to replace him? We're also going to dive into some questions I asked you guys over on the community tab on my YouTube channel to drop some questions for the show. Had a few really good ones and decided I was just going to rock with them for this show. So really appreciate you guys asking those questions over there. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. It would mean a ton to us here. And if you're listening on podcasts, please make sure to leave a five-star review. All right, to start things off here, a topic that may upset some of you. I want to say a couple of things out the gate here. Do I believe Coach Cal is leaving for Texas right now? Or leaving, period. Nah, I don't think so. Do I think that he is potentially going to leave? Yes, I think it's definitely a possibility, and that's the reason why we're talking about this today. See, if there was just a no, if there was no chance that he was leaving, we wouldn't discuss this. But if you look around, like we've talked about recently on the show, you will see legitimate credited sources that have said if Texas were to make an offer or if they were to start talking then Calipari would listen. And sure enough, that has happened. Travis Branham of 24-7 Sports reported that there were conversations happening. Both sides denied it. CBS, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, you name it, they have come out and said, hey, Coach Cal would be a a potential candidate for the Longhorns job. So I want to ask here, considering we're in the midst of turmoil and we're 10-6 and right now, who would be some replacements? Because I've said all offseason... Hey guys, there are probably not a lot of legitimate candidates out there that would leave their current jobs to go coach at Kentucky. Or there would be some up-and-comers that a lot of people would not be excited about that Kentucky would be looking at. I want to look at four different candidates here today. And I want to go ahead and tell you, again, up front, I don't think any of these guys are either going to be heavily looked at by Kentucky or they're going to leave their respective jobs slash come out of retirement. I'm assuming you know who I'm talking about whenever I say that. I want to start here at the top with a guy that I think a lot of people would be excited about. Scott Drew, currently at Baylor, won a national title two years ago. Right now, though, 10-5, and 0-3 in, in the Big 12. Seems pretty similar to the situation, actually, that Kentucky finds themselves in right now. He's been at Baylor for quite some time. He's been with the with the Bears since 2003. He would be a guy I think a lot of people would be interested in because he has proven that he can, in fact, win a national title. Now, before I dive into the rest of the candidates, I want to say something else here. There's another candidate on this list that has never won a national title, and if your expectations are that Kentucky hires somebody with that experience, I would be a little hesitant to tell you that that's going to happen slash that's a realistic expectation to have. There are only so many coaches right now in college basketball that have won a natty recently, even so that would be willing to go to the Wildcats and leave their situation 
at their current school. I don't think Tony Bennett's leaving for Kentucky at Virginia. I don't think Bill Self's leaving Kansas for Kentucky. I just simply don't think that's happening. I think Scott Drew is on the is on that edge where it's like most of his career with the Bears was spent hovering around somewhere between the Elite Eight and the round of 64. And he managed to break through with a really, really good defense and a very solid team. And they he managed to completely upset the Gonzaga Bulldogs just a couple of years ago in 2020. It was also the COVID year. So how much stock do you put into that as a Kentucky fan? I'm not quite sure. Maybe you can tell me in the comments below. But I think schematically he's sound. I think defensively he would bring a lot to the table for the Wildcats. He'd be able to recruit, I, I think as well, uh, a very, very solid option in Scott Drew. But again, I want to point out, it's uh, it's not very likely, I think, that he would be willing to leave uh, Baylor. The second candidate on this list I've mentioned before on this show, and a lot of you didn't like it. I'm going to mention it again. Nate Oates. I think that he would be somebody that would at least be floating around articles on the internet after Coach Cal potentially left for Texas. And this is all hypothetical. Again, I want to reiterate. Do I think that he's leaving no, but there's a possibility that it happens, so we need to talk about it. Nate Oates, as we all know, has coached a few seasons at Buffalo and a few seasons at Alabama. Closest he got to the national title was in 2020, that same year that Baylor won the national title, whenever they lost in the Sweet 16 to that, uh, to the UC- that UCLA team that was just on fire as an 11 seed, I believe. But the thing, the intrigue with Nate Oates is he proved at Buffalo that his offensive system could work, and now he's proving at Alabama that his offensive system can work system can work, and he can recruit. I think that's the big thing we have to note here. Kentucky wants somebody that can recruit. Nate Oates can do that. Five-star Brandon Miller for him right now is absolutely going off. I think that there would be a little bit of frustration, a little bit of a step back for any sort of coach that came in as far as recruiting goes, because that's what Cal has done so well. But I, I, I just, I, I think that Kentucky would look at NATO's. Kentucky would take, take a chance on NATO's if he were one of the last options. There are a couple of coaches here that I don't necessarily know if Kentucky would be willing to take a chance on because one of them simply, I just don't think is interested in coming to, to uh, coach uh, for the Wildcats, and that's Jay Wright, former Villanova head coach, also coached at Hofstra uh, in the 1990s for a hot minute there. Uh, he won two national titles for Villanova in the span of three years, 2015 and 2017 is when he did that, and he continued to prove that he was had elevated the program to a status where they would consistently contend for a national title following that. Uh, you notice after that national title, they've lost in the round of 32, uh, but a bit of a down year for the for the Wildcats, obviously expected after you win a title. And then they went 24-7 the next year. The postseason was canceled due to COVID-19. The next year, they made it to the Sweet 16 only as an 18-win team. And then they made it to the Final Four just a year after that. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six 30-win seasons in the past decade for the Wildcats. I think that this guy would be perfect for the Wildcats as far as recruiting, scheme, expectations. I think that he would fulfill everything. But again, I want to reiterate, just based on what we know, not what I know, what we know, I don't think Jay Wright's coming out of retirement for the Wildcats. I just don't. And there are some things here and there about, well, who would he be comfortable coaching underneath, you know, who's in place right now. And I don't want to get into any of that. I don't really care. But what I care more about is the fact that the man retired, and I seriously doubt, unless Kentucky, even money, I don't even know what the incentive is for him 
You know, he's won his titles. He's a Hall of Fame coach, probably, at least on the edge of it, I would say, if you're if you're upset about that. But I think that he, out of these four guys, would probably be the best pick. And honestly, out of the rest of the guys that you could potentially pick, that would be actually possible. I think he would be the best choice, but I think he's honestly one of the least likely. So the final pick I want to go to here quickly, Rick Pitino. Uh, obviously, as we all know, won a national title with the Cats in the 90s, 1995. And uh, then immediately went to Louisville uh, just a couple of years after that title, won a national title for the for the, uh, for the the Cardinals in 2000, and I believe it was 13, if I'm not mistaken. 13 or 14, I can't quite remember. But uh, there have been some people saying, hey, he's at Iona right now, they're winning. Bring him back. Why not? And the, the pause I would have on that is if you're if you're stuck on bringing if you're stuck on Coach Calipari being somewhat outdated is a, is a term I've I've heard thrown around a little bit before. If you're stuck on that, probably would not bring in uh, a coach that was successful at your school in the 1990s. Now he has proven that he he can consistently be solid. I think since that point, obviously won a title in 2012. I just don't know if Patino would be the best for, obviously, the reasons that we stated before. And then on top of that, you know, just, you know, where is he at right now as far as his coaching career? Does he want to make a return to the Wildcats? How long would that stint be? He's currently 70 right now. How much does he have left in him? I don't know. All I know is that the Wildcats right now have a bit of a weird spot with Coach Cal and as fans and as somebody that talks about them on a daily basis, this is a topic that I felt the need to discuss. If you have somebody that you may be potentially interested in coming and coaching the Wildcats, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below. If you're adamant that Coach Cal doesn't leave, tell me why in the YouTube comments below as well. I want to hear your frustrations or your excitement about whatever is going on with the Wildcats. I also want to get to some of your questions here in a second. I asked you yesterday to give me some questions, and I've got some good ones I want to get to. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. We've got, obviously, the NFL playoffs coming up. We've got the NBA going on right now. They've got everything going on over there at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Just want to remind you guys, if you have not checked it out yet, the Locked On College Basketball Podcast with Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, they cover college basketball every single day. They're talking a lot about Kentucky right now. So if you want to hear a different opinion about what's going on with the Wildcats, you can head over there. Would highly encourage you to check them out. Subscribe to their YouTube channel if you would. Again, Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, the Locked On College College Basketball Podcast, wherever you get your podcast every single day. Questions for the show. I asked you guys yesterday if you've got any to leave them down below. And sure enough, you guys had a couple of really good ones. So I'm going to work my way from the bottom, from the most, uh, from the from the first question. I'm going to work my way all the way up to the top. I didn't give a whole lot of time for this. I actually posted it really late too, so I apologize. And it's hey, look, if you've got a question for the show, you can still leave it in the comments. I would absolutely love to answer it for you. 
The first one comes from Titanium Titan, and he asked, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think the chance of Cal leaving for Texas is? Can't say 5. And to be honest with you, uh, Titanium Titan, I don't feel like hedging this, uh, even though I feel like most of the things I've said about Cal have been kind of riding the fence a little bit. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'll say 3.5. I don't feel comfortable saying that it's just absolutely out of the realm of possibility, and also, I don't think it's that low of a chance considering just how frustrated the fan base has seemingly gotten over the past few months. I mean, dating all the way back to the end of the uh, end of the season last year. So I, I definitely think it's possible. Did you see Rupp Arena for that South Carolina game before it tipped off? I mean, it, it, the fan base has given up, if that's not clear enough. And does the athletic department convince him to step down? I don't know. That's a different question other than saying whether or not he'll head to Texas. Man, I, I do think that it's possible, I'll, but I don't think that it's extremely likely. And if I had to pick one, I'm going to say no. He's not leaving right now uh, for, for reasons that we talked about on yesterday's show, just about what this next year could be, giving him one more shot. But who knows? Three and a half is probably what I would feel comfortable with. Wildcat Rewind asks, a lot of Big Blue Nation wants us to pursue Bruce Pearl. Why has no one mentioned him on any lists to replace Calipari? I'm going to say this with, I, I think, more confidence than anything I've said on this show about anything to do with things going on outside of Kentucky. Uh, I'm not going to dive too deep into what I do, but I will say this with, with pretty pretty good confidence here. Bruce Pearl, I don't think, it's not that he's not interested in going to Kentucky. I just don't think that he's coming to Kentucky. If Kentucky reaches out, I don't think they're going to get him. I think that he is locked into a situation at Auburn where they're going to be playing with uh, playing with their recruits and their investments long-term with him. I don't think Auburn is going to let go of Bruce Pearl. They locked him into a lifetime contract, quote-unquote, last year. I think that he's going to be there for the long haul. I think he's going to be there until he retires. That's my perspective on that. I would be very surprised if Bruce Pearl left for Kentucky. I also don't think you guys want Bruce Pearl. I'm just going to say that. Bruce Pearl may be a good good option. He can recruit. He's a program builder, but he's schematically, I don't know if he's where Kentucky fans would want him to be. And so I, I, you also have to think about the risk that goes into, oh, the risk of Bruce Pearl. But I, I don't think that Bruce Pearl will be coming to Kentucky. Why has nobody mentioned him on any list to replace Cal? I think because a lot of the media types, I think, have accepted the fact that he's probably going to ride it out at Auburn. That's my assumption. I don't know that for sure, Wildcat Re- Rewind. That's my best, question, or my best response uh, to that question. Speaking of questions... Question everything asks, Calipari will be in Lexington for at least one more year with that big class coming in. I think that's more of a statement than a question, and I'm just going to kind of give my opinion on it here, question everything. Cal will be in Lexington for at least one more year with that big class coming in. I agree. And that's what I've been saying on this show so far, is I think Coach Cal is going to be able to get through this year without being let go. Again, I want to say there's probably about a 30, 35% chance of him actually leaving. I think he's going to get through this year, and I think we're going to hear things about next year, get hyped up, and I think we're going to see him actually produce with recruits. And you may say, well, that kind of sucks that, you know, it takes that type of talent to get him to actually produce as relative to, you know, the average national title winner out there. I don't really want to get into that, but, but yes, to answer your 
your your statement there, question everything. I agree with you. I think Cal will be here not just next year, but I think that he will produce. And then on top of that, I think he'll be given another shot, which some of you may groan at. Some of you may be typing in the comments right now saying that I'm just too adoring of Cal or there's too much adoration going around. Just Just let everything play out. Let everything play out. And let's talk about it after the season. Because right now, I don't think that we can either sit here and say with certainty either way. We can, like I said, I'm, all I'm saying is I, what I think. You can say what you think. We can both say what we know, which is that right now Kentucky's not doing well, and so there is turmoil. But we don't know what's going to happen. So let's just let it play out. And let's discuss it in the meantime, but let's not, let's not point fingers aggressively. Before I get to the final two questions that I think are pretty interesting. One of them one of them is actually about the direction of where we go, actually, after this Fire Cal topic ends. I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. My goal this year, as it was last year, is to eat a little healthier. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise the taste, then I've got the thing just for you. You have got to try Built. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't even think that they're good for you and they're perfect for your New Year's resolution. And you may ask, well, what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they taste great. They've got incredible flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and they are absolutely great for you. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of of protein. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And you don't need to wait to wait around to get a box now. We've been talking about ordering them online over at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. If you go to Walmart, you can get cookies and cream, double chocolate, cocoa, uh, coconut puffs. Or if you're at Sam's Club, you can get a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Absolutely phenomenal. Or if you don't have the ability to go over to your Walmart or Sam's Club, you can always check out Built.com. You can thank me later. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Two more questions before we head out on today's episode. LakersJ24 asks, I got a question. What's next after the fire Cal topic? The media is dragging this storyline and the season isn't over. Just saying, if we lose Cal and our culture shifts in the wrong direction, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up like Louisville. I think that final, final sense there is fair. Uh, what I want to say about this, Jay, uh, about the media dragging this storyline, I agree with you. I think that any time that anything to do with a coach potentially leaving, like a major coach like Cal potentially leaving, the media is going to jump on it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it at length. It's important, I think. Now, beating a dead horse is one thing. But paying attention to something that could potentially happen and being aware of it in the midst of what's going on through this season, Jay, I think is I think is another. But I do agree with you. It is getting old already. It's only been like a week old. But I can understand wanting to move on. But at the same time, I think there are a lot of people out there that have kind of resigned themselves to the fact that this season is essentially over. Right now, I don't think it's looking like Kentucky's going to be having a great shot to make the NCAA tournament. Ken Palm thinks they're going to go 17-14 and 14 right now. I don't even know if they're going to break 500, to be completely honest with you, based on the way that they've been playing. And you may say, that's crazy. Look at the way they played against the second-worst team in the SEC at home. That's kind of my, my stance on it right now. So I don't want to be too down in the dumps, Jay, but I agree with you. The storyline is getting older, but at the, uh, 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 old, but at the same time, 
I think people are trying to find different things to discuss now that the on the court product has kind of become what it is. It's like, oh, there's nothing that's going to come of this. Okay, well, then let's talk about what's going on off the court, which honestly, a lot of it stems past the fire cow stuff. A lot of it now has bled into what's going on in the locker room. And according to several people, I don't know how uh, accredited they are, or I don't know how legitimate their sources are, but there are things going on behind the scenes that we simply don't know about. Apparently, there's some controversy, some strife between some of the players that's been stemming from all the way back until last season. I can't speak on any of it confidently and say that any of it is true. I also can't sit here and deny it and say that it's not. All I know is that outside of the fire cow stuff, there is so much drama within the Kentucky sphere right now that I, I do I do agree. I, I don't like it. I'm tired of talking about negative things so much. But right now, I don't really think we have much of a choice because if we are going to focus on the season and it not being over, I mean, we just lost to the second, one of the worst teams in the SEC, reiterated again. It was, it's just not a whole lot doing on that side either. So, Jay, I, I, I agree with the frustration. I'm tired of it too, but I don't think it's the narrative is going to change for a while. You say what's next. I think the season ending is what's next because right now I, I see this thing probably moving for, for quite some time unless Kentucky starts winning again, in which case, you know, we're going to continue, not me specifically, or just we as the fan base and the media are going to continue to discuss this. The final question here comes from Chubbs MF Perkins. If you had to choose our rotation and make adjustments to our minutes, what do you think would work best overall? Not matchups per se, just overall productivity. What would it look like and why? I love this question. The final thing I want to say here is I'm probably, if we're, if we're going to cut, that's the first thing I want to say, is I want to cut a couple different people out of the rotation, not entirely, just to the point where I don't feel like I'm being relegated to forcing to use them, per se. And I, I, I hate to say it like that, but right now I think Kentucky's got a couple different players in this rotation that are harming them more than helping them because of how many minutes that they get. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think Jacob Toppin and Lance Ware are not being productive enough for this team right now. And so I'm not taking them out of the rotation. I'm just simply limiting their minutes. You may say, Lance, what about that starting rotation? Where is that production going to go? I think, honestly, you have to have Gugana and Yento playing more minutes just based on the way that he has been producing this year. He's shooting almost 59% from the floor. He's getting about a block and a half per game. I think if you give him more than eight and a half minutes, he's going to continue to learn and he's going to continue to polish his, his game. Very, very, very raw prospect right now. But again, he's not going to get better unless you give him time and actual development and the ability to prove himself. So I, I think that it's important that you take Onyenzo over where, I think at the four and the five, because you did you you did say, I believe you saw a couple times where it was Onyenzo and Shibwe out in the court, which I just don't understand. But anyway, I think that, and then as far as uh, Jacob Toppin goes, I, it feels weird to say, slide Chris Livingston down to the four. I mean, right now, Kentucky just doesn't have a lot of options there. Just slide him down. And if you need to, go with a go with a lineup that maybe has three guards in it. Maybe throw a Duthiero in there. I think if you're looking at a, at a perfect starting lineup, I'm putting Kaysen Wallace at starting point guard. I'm putting, I, I guess, Antonio Reeves at the two. And then right now, I feel really weird about it. 
but I guess I'm putting either Duthiero or CJ Frederick at the three. I'm playing a small ball lineup. I'm going out there with shooters. Um, and do am I using that lineup the most? No, but I think as far as your starting rotation, Kentucky needs some some life. And again, he was asking adjustments to our minutes, so that's kind of where I'm starting here. And our, our, our rotation, I think, needs to... Excuse me, sorry. Our, our rotation needs to be filled with more efficiency. Shooting efficiency, to be more specific. And so I think that giving your more efficient players more opportunities to produce will probably produce better results. That's just me assuming here. So final answer here, I think Lance Ware and um, and Jacob Toppin need to be playing less minutes. I think that Uganda uh, Yinzo, Adu Thiero, and then Case and Wallace probably need to be your dominant players. I think Antonio Reeves should not be coming off the bench with the way that he's shooting and scoring right now. Uh, right now, I mean, like over the past couple of day, couple of games. So that's where I stand on it. That's probably how I would tinker with the rotation. And then Severe Wheeler, I think you bump his minutes down a little little bit as well. Because a guy that's shooting 41% and 53% from the foul line and from the, from, you know, just from the floor, period. I mean, you're excited about the uh, assists there, but not excited about everything else. So that's what I would do to the rotation. What would you do the ro- to the rotation? Let me know in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Tomorrow, we're going to be speaking with Eric Kane, host of the Locked On Vols podcast, going to be previewing Kentucky basketball's matchup with the Vols also. Going to be talking about Devin Leary a little bit. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.